Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
thank you for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, uh, part of the conservative conversation. And also, uh, we are going to try something new again tonight. Uh, Try to do the uh, Facebook uh, Facebook uh, live uh, last week. It, it turned out okay. I still have some work to do, um, but um, it still hasn't turned on yet here. Um, but I think I'm going to have to do something about doing it manually. Um, but that's okay. Again, you know, this is just um, you know something I'm working on. <laughs> uh, you know, try something new. Now tonight, what we're going to be doing is we are going to, you know, for those of you who have not been able to go to a Trump rally or ever listen to a Trump rally. Uh, I got uh, the one I went to uh, this past Thursday, so I, I was able to get an audio clip of practically all of it. Uh, so I'm going to be playing that tonight. That'll take about the next half of the show. So, again, if you haven't had an opportunity to ever go and see a, a Trump rally live or if uh, you are here in Cincinnati and you missed it, uh, then you'll, uh, you know, we'll be able to, uh, you know, hear it. I'm going to try to uh, coordinate it with the, the video I have here for it, uh, for this Facebook Live. Um, trying to go uh, to it um, shortly, but we do have folks in the line. Push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in uh, before I get this, uh, get the, uh, the video going. Uh, so if you'd like to chime in prior to me playing the video, uh, I'm not going to have uh, any green room. I'm just going to let you in. Uh, so 740, you'll be first. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm good. Am I on? You are on. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a big Trump supporter also. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Republicans probably in about eight years will never win another election. Have you ever studied this? Well, I, I've heard some about it. He talked about the register thing, or he talked about how they're trying to get. Uh, well, I'm talking about, vote. you know, I'm kind of an expert on politics, and nobody wants to talk about it, but politics is a race war. I mean, about 65% of white people are voting Republican, and about 90% of black people, for example, are voting Democrat. So as white people become the minority, we'll never have a say in politics again. Well, I do. Uh, and nobody, I nobody wants to talk about it. What do you think about that? Well, I do. Well, I do, you know, I do have where some people, you know, do to uh, do contend that that's certainly something. Um, and, and I don't want to bring, you know, say too much about the shooter. Let me ask you this: I mean, do you think that's one of the motivations of the El Paso shooter? I mean, that is something that the person brought up. No, I'm not one to put labels. You know, all white racists, and I've been been kind of having uh, conversations with people, uh, white supremacists, and this and that. Um, well, that's another thing, too, nobody wants to talk about. That, that's another thing nobody wants to talk about. If white countries are not the best, then why is the whole world trying to move the one? You know, these political shows, you guys never want to talk about this stuff. Well, and these are the big issues. You know, what the biggest issue, you know what the biggest issue in politics really is? Is diversity does not work. America is divided by race. And this is all leading to a so, uh, divided uh, hellhole. And nobody wants to talk about it. we got to keep sugarcoating it all day long. I am so sick of it. I am so tired of being invaded as a white person. It's unbelievable. Well, and, and that's actually I brought that up on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, and, you know, on social media and things of that nature, is that uh, people such as yourself and in some ways myself, 
is, you know, we're going to get tired of it. And, and, you know, and I'm not saying, and I, I, I like to uh, do a counter idea for all those who <laughs> think that <laughs> it's Donald Trump's fault. Nobody wants to talk about it. How is letting Muslims and Mexicans into America an upgrade? I mean, the average IQ over there is 85. Anybody educated knows that. And you bring these people in, they're not going to make as much money. They're going to get low grades and then blame Whitey for everything. You know, have you ever studied IQ among race groups? I'm sorry to repeat that because you're kind of echoing a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, nobody else in politics, you might have to hang up the phone because nobody wants to be honest about this, but have you ever studied IQ averages among race groups? Because it plays a big part in politics as to why there's inequality to some degree. I mean, if you have an average IQ of 85, man, on average, you're not going to college very often, and you're not going to make as much money as a white person on average with an IQ of 101. Have you ever studied this before? Uh, to be honest, I have not. Now, do you think that's being well, done purposely? You know, you know, all you political guys never study this. No offense, but I mean, you know, I'm just saying it's true. I'm not offended. And they've been, studying IQ, they've been studying IQ and race over 100 years now. Now, well, let me ask you this, and, you know, we've we got plenty of time in the show, but uh, when I do have another caller. We're not going to – we'll keep you in, into the show, but uh, we do have another – actually a couple other callers here. Um, and so now do you think that's being done purposely here in the United States where they're purposely not ha- educating people who are of different races and colors? No. If you're educated, first of all, if you had a background on IQ testing, you would know that most scientists think intelligence is 80% genetic. Schooling cannot raise IQ, period, basically. Your IQ is genetic. It has nothing to do with schools. We've been pumping billions in the black schools since the 1960s, and it's all been a huge waste of money. Did you know that? Well, and again, and I admittedly state that I haven't, I haven't you know, studied up on, on those type things. And, you know, we're not afraid yeah, to talk about is... you know, pretty much anything, but... But that's one of them. you got to keep living in fantasy land. Or I'll tell you what, though. On your show, you can never talk about it. When blacks get low grades, you got to be like, oh, they never get good teachers. You can never be like, oh, well, the past 100 years of IQ testing has clearly shown that black American average IQ is 85. I mean, anybody smart would say that. But we live in a society where saying the truth would just be terrible. You know, and think about it. You're, you're, you're in politics. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and, and, and hold that thought, because we do have a couple other callers on, uh, and I'm, I'm going to you know, check out some things. I'm kind of multitasking here. And, you know, don't talk over the, I mean, don't talk over the other folks we have in. Uh, I will keep your mic on. I'm not going to mute your mic, but we do have it here where when someone's speaking, you know, we, we, tr- we don't. I don't like people talking over each other. That's one of the things about about talk shows that, that I hate is when people do that. So let's go ahead. We'll get some others in. First, we got the area code three one four. We're going to, as I said, I'm not green rooming today. I'm just going to announce you by your uh, area code, and we'll uh, get you into the show. Three one four. Go ahead. What What's your thoughts on How that? How you guys doing tonight? Doing all right. And, and you know what? Real quick, seven four zero. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name's Mike. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Mike in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, and uh, what about you, 954? 
Well, my name is Pianchi. I'm calling from the Midwest. Oh, and Pianchi, I'm an African American. Yeah, I'm an African American, Mike, who supported and voted for Donald Trump, by the way. Oh, thank you very much, sir. And some of the things you say, it has some credence. Uh, what do you mean, credence? Well, credit to it. Well, you mentioned about the IQ well, well, and so on. Well, hold on, Mike. Don't, yeah, don't talk to her, Pianchi. I don't like people playing. Let him, let him finish. I don't like people talking about Well, here's her the thing. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, I have very – I vote for Donald Trump because of the issues that he posed, and I really appreciate it because he has tried to carry out the things that he made point to make. And I think that he's a godsend because if he had not came along, and he really didn't have to do this then the things that we have discovered never would have been known and then no telling where we are. But you know, one issue that, that he, he talks about is the Southern border. I'm very concerned about the Southern border and the, you got some politicians that want to have uh, open borders. You got states like uh, Colorado and I think New York just said that illegals can have driver's license, which is a prelude to voting. Then you have to look at it, and then you had a guy in Aurora, Colorado, that took down the American flag and hoisted the Mexican flag, which in any other instance would be an act of war. But here's another thing that needs to be taken concern. And you go back to the Mexican-American War, and Mexican controlled the territory that's now called Texas, but they didn't have the people to populate it. So guess what they done? We opened it up to immigrants. Other Americans under the promise of free land and low taxes. So after a period of time, what happened? The immigrants outnumber the Mexicans, and then they voted to secede, right? And they wanted an army to come in to protect them. Let's fast forward. What do we see going on in the southern border now? What do we see going on in states like Colorado and also Arizona? And we know that blood is thicker than water. So what happens if you have these illegal immigrants that can vote and others who is operating on the premise that blood is thicker than water? Suppose they get to the point where they can vote and say, we want to secede from the United States, then put out a plea to Russia or Iran and say, we want you to put missiles in our territory to protect us from the rest of the country. You ever thought about that? Yeah. Yeah, I might respond if you want. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, that was a long prelude, but yeah, you sound like a pretty smart guy. And I I think immigration in the border is by far the biggest issue. There is no other issue that compares. And you said you're an African-American. I mean, the Mexicans are taking more jobs away from African-Americans than any other group when they come over. Did you know that? Well, yes, they do. They, I mean, they take jobs away from anybody. Well, and, blacks, uh, generally speaking, are do. doing – well, blacks in America, frankly, are doing a lot of the lower-skilled jobs. So the Mexicans are right there competing with you for those jobs. And I mean, Indeed. I think if I was, I think if I was black, I'd be very concerned about the border. But what amazes me is ninety percent of black people are voting Democrat, even though the Democrats want open borders. Are you right about that? I mean, you know, it's not good for you either. It don't make sense, does it? And I mean, you talking about like, you talking about the. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And you talk about it the movement of the immigration. Haven't you ever noticed yeah. that the whole world wants to move to where white people live because we have the nicest places, though, if you're honest? Well, to be honest, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> but when you look at these black politicians, like in Baltimore with Elijah, and I call him Elijah Old Milk the Cummings, who wants to let open borders, wants open borders, and wants people to come in unfettered. Do you know what kind of problem that is? You know, you got kids coming in that haven't been immunized. So what kind of pandemic can that create? You got people now coming in from the Congo in areas that's known for Ebola. Are there anyone checking them? You know, when I travel to some of these countries, when I travel to some of these countries and you go through immigration, you got a, a person that's standing there with one of those laser type thermometers checking your temperature. And if your temperature is beyond normal, they're going to pull you off to the side. That's not happening down there on the southern border. They ask you, have you been in contact with cattle? Because you have the possibility of bringing some diseases in that would decimate the agriculture in the United States. They don't do that down on the southern border. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And did you know, according to the CIS study, that the average Mexican, once they arrive, will use $950,000 in welfare over, the, over their stay here? Once they come, they never leave, man. They're like, and you see the way they recycle? You see the way they recycle kids? One at a time, guys. One I'm at a time. One at a time. Go ahead. <laughs> and I was going to say, too, you see the, the, the schemes that they have? Where they re, where down there in Guatemala, they put a child uh, with an adult. And when that adult hits the border with a child, you're more likely to be let through with the child because of all right. the politics that's been arise around how children are treated. When they come in, then that child is hooked up with their relatives, put on a plane, sent back down to be recycled all over again. That goes on. It's reports in El Paso that talks about that. They talk about the fake documents. They talk about the altered birth certificates where the age is lower than what the person really is. And then how in the heck do an agency here in the United States know whether or not these documents are legit or not? Well, I agree with you. Obviously, I, you know, I, I study politics a lot, so I know about that issue. And, of course, the Democrats don't care because the Democrats just want the votes because they know that these new immigrants will 80% of the time or higher basically vote Democrat. I mean, that's well known that you to, probably know that. Here's another thing, huh? Mike. There is an attack on white males. They're calling oh, white I, I agree. They call you white. I mean, can you, can you see from can you see from my perspective that as a white person, I, I feel like we're being invaded. I see from your perspective, but I feel that way too. But because look at what's going on, they're using the word racism for every damn thing that's not nailed down. And you know, here's the problem that I see with some whites. Whatever you call a racist, you stop dead in your tracks as if a deer in the headlights of a car. Well, that's the thing is a lot of white people in public, they're afraid to be called racist. But the thing is, anybody smart has figured out that racism has a logical basis. It's not an individual thing. But frankly, when, like, for example, have you ever studied black crime, how high it is, sir? Yes, I do. I mean, it's not a personal thing towards you. But, I mean, why would white people want to live around another group of people that have 13 times the murder rate, for example? But you know what? Blacks move from that also. 
They flee. They, 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 we well, talk about white You talk about white flight. There's black flight that's never talked about. Did you know that? Black flight. You know. Well, when blacks get money, they move to a white neighborhood because they're nice. They move to a white. They move to a better neighborhood, which is generally white. Many times the whites flee, but that's that's what they do. But guess what? Blacks that's in those established neighborhoods now, when the politics start pushing others out, and, and you know for whatever reason, that in many cases they don't have the capacity to live in those neighborhoods or even just living adjacent to one of those communities. It brings down the property value and the blacks in those areas, guess what they do? They flee again. Look what happened in North Shore in Chicago. You have over 3,000 millionaires, many of them black, left because they seen what was coming and going on. They don't want to live around that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, successful black people don't want to live in black neighborhoods either. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. I appreciate uh, this rhetoric. I never have seen a president attack like Donald Trump. And see, here's another point. There's been an underlying effort to destroy the fabric of the United States. It's been going on for quite some time. You see in these protests. You see with these protests. uh, These, you know, I know Ferguson very well, and the people that came out at night and that was doing the looting, the burning, they wasn't from that that town. Right. You seen the same thing when Donald Trump got elected. You seen all these uh, people that were supporting Latino and Hispanic causes flying the Mexican flag, burning, turning cars over. You know what? You cannot go into Mexico and protest with an American flag. You get in trouble. They don't allow that. Yeah, if you yeah, Mexico illegal, has some of the. T- go ahead. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. I, yeah, and I'm saying. Good. I mean, Mexico has some. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they, the Mexico has uh, you know tougher immigration laws than we do. Instead yeah. of the other yeah, countries. It's, the yeah, it's like go ahead and yeah, go ahead. well let me say this. The president has the right to kick you out without due process. You know, an illegal comes here and tie up the court. One judge said that his docket will run into twenty twenty one. They tie crazy. up the court and Americans have to pay for that stuff. When you have to do DNA tests on them, Americans have to pay for that. When you have to house them, Americans have to pay for that. They get to come to your schools, and we complain about our schools not having enough money as it is, but when you bring in more children who haven't been paying to the tax system, what is that doing? Yep. Yeah, man, I was just saying, you know, well, I'd like to keep you both on the line, Pianchi. I'd definitely like to have you, you stay on with us as well. But I do get some other callers. Uh, first, we'll get, uh, I believe, uh, 954, uh, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. And what I'm going to do, guys, here is I'm going to uh, try to get this uh, Facebook Live thing going uh, while you're on, Dr. Tolbert, and then we'll, uh, we'll, bring, we'll, we'll bring things back. Let's see if this thing works. I can get this to work here. <laughs> but uh, 954, thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Good, thank you, Robert. I appreciate the, uh, but I'm going to make some corrections in the conversation that is being held. 
by both individuals. I come from an environment of where I fell to first and second grade. My my sister. You're, you're breaking up there, Doctor Colbert. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, my, my, uh, yeah Mike, you're gonna have to mute your mic. You got a lot of noise coming across. Yeah, got a lot of noise. Okay. Got a lot of noise. Now, there was the yeah, environment I came out of. Yeah, it's called environment. It's it's not genetics. And the, the, when you do the research on genetics versus environment, you find out that it's been changed. Now here I am, a doctor of education. I'm a retired master sergeant. I have traveled through the countries through all the world. I have fought in Vietnam. Uh, real, real quick, real quick, Doctor Tolbert. Um, I want to welcome uh, yeah, Susan and Gary. Real, real, real quick, real quick. I want to welcome Susan and Gary to the Facebook Live. Uh, we are live. Uh, what you see there on your screen is a part of the Cincinnati uh, Trump rally that we will be. And welcome, uh, Jimmy, uh, to the show. Uh, we are live uh, here on Bard's Logic Political Talk. You can see the uh, the link. We could join in our conversation as well as the call-in number, which is 347-945-7428. Uh, the video that you see that I'll be playing later is going to coincide uh, with the – you know what? Who's got the um, – I'm going to have to mute some mics here, and I'll bring them on. I normally don't do that, but, uh, uh, you know, I think we got some uh, – yeah, some background noise. And so I had to take care of that, but we'll bring uh, we'll bring it back in, Mike. There's a lot of background noise there. We'll certainly bring it back in. But uh, what we do is again, we have uh, a video we're going to show in a little bit, along with uh, I was at the Trump rally, and I've got uh, the audio clip of Trump speaking, and we'll be playing that shortly. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll get these other callers in and uh, make the comments, and then we got the uh, viewers here, so we'll go ahead and start uh, playing that audio and video for our Facebook Live folks. But, again, if you'd like to join into our conversation, uh, you can call us at 347-945-7428, and we'll be sure to get you into the show. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, uh, bring it – I'm going to bring the other callers in. We've got Kelly and then John on. Uh, let's bring in Kelly, John, and then what i like to do, uh, because the beginning of the show, what I want to do tonight was to uh, play the rally. I think you guys uh, – you know, it's nice to see you here, especially if you haven't been to a rally before or you've uh, missed and you're from Cincinnati or even Ohio, as Mike is, and you missed the rally, uh, you'll be able to hear it here well, with some interesting uh, you know, you know, commentary from myself while I was at the rally. But let's go ahead, Kelly. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Can I finish, uh, hey. Robert? Oh yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I apologize, Doctor Tolbert. Let Doctor Tolbert finish. I apologize, Doctor Tolbert, and then we'll get Kelly, and then I believe that's John on the Skype. Go ahead, uh, Doctor Tolbert. Yeah, what I'm trying to bring together is that the environment that people were raised in changed the direction of their education. So when I left as a high school dropout and changed my environment, I got highly educated. When you look at the fact that the inventors of a lot of the things in the United States were actually done by African-Americans, when they're trying to sit there and put together the scenarios tonight showing certain things are taking place by genetics and putting ethnicity into the equation, they're actually being mis misled that the in fact that the Jewish population, which are highly uh, intelligent, also came through the genetics of the African-Americans. And if we go back to Jesus, because I'm also a pastor, 
So the comments of putting the race in this equation is totally out of proportion. In addition to the fact that there is no doubt that the president has my resume, and I totally support uh, the president of the United States, and there's absolutely a cost of $4,000 per day for illegal immigrants. And it is a, a issue in the United States for illegal immigrants, but to put a factor of the race as part of this conversation tonight, I think is totally out of content of a person that believes in Christian standards. And that's all I have to say about it, Robert. I'm just, I don't agree with the conversation that Mike's having. So go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Kelly. And we have uh, John on as well. And then I want to get the, uh, the audio that I have prepared for everybody tonight. And there's plenty of time in the show to, of course, discuss this important news uh, for, you know, conservatives here. So go ahead, uh, Kelly. Well, hey, everybody. I like these uh, different perspectives here. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. Strange thing happened the other day. I was out in the woods for a hike and came across Bigfoot, and we started a conversation. He's a nice feller. And then I asked, well, who should I tell that they might believe you exist? And he said, it's not who, it's whom. <laughs> it's whom. <laughs> anyway, okay. So so a like pretty crazy. smart guy, too, huh? <laughs> yeah. Correct the published author in uh, in uh, <laughs> English. Anyway, um, the uh, I've known um, a number of black folk along my uh, – and I'm inspired by them. I am absolutely inspired. I met Roger in college, engineering college. There was Camellius. He was from Chicago, tough neighborhood. He was uh, he became a computer scientist, you know, computer programmer. Um, there also I met uh, Brian, who works for the National Archives. We got to get him, get him on the show. And, and these guys have all absolutely bettered themselves. Um, and I, I even talked to Brian on, on Sunday. We talked about a number of things. Um, he doesn't necessarily like Trump, but, um, but locally we got uh, Harold McFall. He's a wonderful guy. He goes to the Tea Party. He, he just he cares about people. Uh, I had a client years ago. We talk every now and then named Roger. He's a millionaire, tough uh, inner city in Sacramento, and then he uh, he got married. He was pushing cardboard boxes, and then he learned about real estate and done extremely well. He's a very smooth and polite and extremely sharp person, and I like it when people um, – I take inspiration from them when they – better themselves. One of my heroes from Iowa State would be George Washington Carver. Carver Hall is named after him. He did enormous uh, benefit for agriculture, agriculture nationwide. Um, a lot of the, he figured out something about plastics from soybeans and uh, how to increase yield, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just amazing human being. And uh, there's environment and there's genetics. And, and if, if we're honest, I think Due to the 1800s, it's really 16, 17, 1800s, uh, our black brethren have had kind of a – well, they didn't get a head start. They they had to do some catch-up. Um, but I've seen a lot of really smart, kind, wonderful people that are black, and they inspire me. I'm glad to call them friends. Um, the genetics, I'm not so sure about. I think maybe environment, I would say they – um, 
other people ha- have had a head start, but I've seen a lot of people catch up and inspire others. The I believe the American people are actually pretty smart. And I, I think when the, the black folk realize how much the Democrats are oppressing them by letting illegals come in and take jobs from them, they're going to start switching, you know, like salt and pepper. They quite the advocates for Trump. Um, and when they see that historically the Democratic Party was the party that was chronically oppressing the black folks, LBJ made a switch because he just wanted their vote for the Democratic Party. Um, I think 10 years I'm, – I'm, our first caller, I respectfully disagree that in 10 years that, that there will not be another white president. I, I disagree with that because um, black folk are learning quickly that the Democrats are not for them. We shall see, of course, the illegal threat is, is, is obviously if the Democrats didn't find value to letting all these illegals in the country. They wouldn't be doing it. The Democrats also, I, I would call them divisionists. It's, you know, race baiters, racists, calling somebody a racist, all that, blah, blah, blah. I, call, I would call them divisionists. They're really hurting our country um, and how they're going about doing that. And so it's a fascinating study. I, I really like the first it's callers, you know, at least they're, uh, the first guy had a, you know, a little, a little bit bold there, maybe another show with this topic. But the second caller, I like, I really like his perspective too. He's, he's got a positive part about him. Um, I'd like to hear more from the second guy. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a quick, interesting, uh, by the way, later I'll have to tell you about the third liberal I knew that broke down about a gun. <laughs> the, the gun grabbers that buy guns. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's kind of – I guess that's enough for me for a while, but at least hello, hello everybody, and let's uh, um, see where the show goes. Uh, well, we're going to leave uh, leave John on, and then I'll have the, uh, the audio of the rally. And, and certainly, I mean, that is uh, – that's a topic that, you know, Mike, when he came in and, and he's left, uh, probably because unfortunately I had to uh, mute his mic, which I, I hate doing, uh, but there was a lot of background noise, and, and, you know, we can't have that. And he did leave. You know, he, he does feel that, you know, his voice has been – and not not us, but he says – and, and it, it isn't talked about, and he's right in, in that instance. Uh, he is right that those type of things and people who do genuinely have those concerns uh, – they're not being heard because I think a lot of them are concerned uh, that they'll be dubbed, you know, white supremacist or racist or something of that nature. But I also believe um, that there is a genuine concern of what he's talking about, not only of there not being a Republican president, you know, a- after Trump or maybe within the next 10 years, uh, but also that there are some people who are afraid that, you know, they're, they're bringing, because, uh, the replacement, when I'm talking about population, the replacement rate, I mean, it's a known, you know, well, I, I don't know the statistics, but through my understanding, the, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, you have less, you know, Caucasians or whiter or so whatever who are having children where the, you know, uh, the others, they're, they're increasing. And what a, a lot of people generally have concerned about is what's called they're being bred out of existence. And I think they are, you know, there is a genuine concern whether right or wrong, but I mean, people need to realize that. There is a and, and put yourself in someone else's, you know, their shoes, and we try to do that here. Is that you know, regardless of where you're coming from, 
is that there are people who are generally concerned that in a couple generations, the Caucasian race, which I don't, I don't find this as a, as a wrong or a white supremacist um, idea, you know, idea or ideology, but there's a general concern of them being bred out of existence. And, and I don't think that's something that should be considered racist. I mean, I mean, if you were, let's say you're, you're, you're black or a Latino or, you know, Asian, what have you, and, and you thought that your, you know, your race was going to be, you know, either bred out of existence or taken out of existence in any other way. I mean, that would cause you a concern. Let's, let's be intellectually honest here. Um, well, if, you if know, you were uh, a race facing that, then I think you would be concerned as well. But well, there you are know, people who it, are concerned with that. It, it is a concern. And more importantly, the concern is the way of the life in the United States as we have known it. And I remember the times when conditions exist in families and so on and so on that one could truly say compared to what you look at today, America was great. And the, the same thing is with you know the black population. Since 1973, black women have aborted over 20 million babies. That's at like, that's a rate of about forty-seven an hour. Then you look at the number that has been killed by other black men, three hundred twenty-four thousand in thirty-five years. So they are of no importance. I don't even know why the Democrats are still uh, trying to go after. But the thing, like the one gentleman said, there are more African Americans that start to look at things different, and one of the reasons why because they are making changes in their life situation. Hey, there was a time when I didn't like listening to Rush Limbaugh because at that time my interest was totally opposite, or should I say, what he was for. But as I was in a good profession, as I elevated myself into a different uh, economic level, and then when I started a business where I hired people, well, I know exactly what he's talking about. I had a better appreciation for the United States. And, you know, like you said before, like I told you, white males are being demonized. They are using that as a political ploy. There's nothing wrong with a white person being a nationalist. That means you love, have a love for your country. Now, you know there's some uh, nefarious groups out there. You got nefarious black groups out there also. But there's nothing wrong with having a love for your country. There's nothing wrong with showing up at a rally to protest the taking down of statues of American soldiers who done what soldiers done during that period of time, and they fought in wars. And when you look at it today, I'm happy as hell that they performed well in those wars. And in some, a lot of them was volunteers. And they didn't catch Southwest Airlines to go from Missouri to Texas, from Texas to California, they didn't catch Amtrak. They walked, and they drug cannons with them. That's dedication. You're not going to do that yeah. today with people. <laughs> yeah, that's for that's for certain. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, get John in, and you know, people's mics are open, and then we'll uh, move on to that rally. But uh, let's go ahead. I mean, and yeah, thank you very much for the conversation, everybody. It, it is real important uh, that we discuss this, and you know, perhaps Mike will call back sometime and. We'll ha- you know hash, thing- yeah, hash some things out, but um, again, as you pointed out, Kelly, that's uh, certainly be something for another show. But uh, he-, he mentioned that people are afraid. You know, the 
you know, political talk radio shows and everyone's afraid to talk about these. Well, that's, uh, that's, this show's not afraid to talk about anything. We'll talk about anything. You know, my, my biggest concern is let's just be respectful to everybody. You know, that's my concern. We can talk and, uh, about whatever topics you want. Let's, let's just be respectful about it. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, hi, Mr. Robert. It all sounds good. Uh, it's, we can even disagree at times, can't we, Robert? Me and you? Nah. <laughs> hey, there's yeah, still a, lot, a strong love, bro. I'm just trying to get you educated, and you're trying to educate me. So we we appreciate that. You know, I can sharpen iron, and I see in part. And I I actually will admit that the small part that I do see, even some of that part may be wrong. But I have to lean on you guys to help me understand where that wrong is, and then let me test it by throwing stones against what you tell me is right. And then we can check what's really just and has a rock solid foundation. And that's where we all wish we were all knowing and we had all the answers. But m- many of us aren't willing to admit that we don't have the answers. And that's why I love these conversations because we're able to actually get into the conversation and hear different perspectives. And Bianchi bringing up different points, Mike bringing up different points, they're all valid. But I have to recognize that I only understand in part and I only see in part. And so when people say stuff, I can't fully comprehend the true details of their perspective because I've not walked in their shoes, have not lived their life and all of the different subcultures that they grew up under and that's why I'm always saying hey, we have to govern by mutual assent because you are going to protect your fruit uh, you know, your pursuit of happiness and what you want your life to look like and I'm going to protect mine and every other legal United States citizen so there's no way Anybody can get elected into office and then say they're going to represent all their constituents, but then deny their constituents the right to due process mutuality of agreement in the laws, rules, processes, and procedures that end up governing us. That's a scam. That is a psycho babble in the biggest part. But um, what I really wanted to point out is I hope that people listening, all of us, and I do want to say hi to everybody, Robert, Mike Bianchi, Dr. Tolbert Kelly, whoever's listening. I miss some of the folks that we haven't heard in a long time, Cindy and Susan and different people. I'd like to hear them come back too. But And even Kavika and Joseph, where are you at? Come on home. But um, I wanted to say, you know, when we're talking about um, all these different aspects, we want, I am, have to be real careful into realizing that there are multi-billionaires out there. Not all of them are crooks, but all of us as humans, for some reason, have this natural capacity to want to control everything about everything that has any impact in our life. And as a multi-billionaire sitting on multiple, you know, multi uh globalist companies, you know, multinational companies, board of directors, when you have that kind of money invested in all of these different corporations, and many of these corporations, these multinational corporations are in the military-industrial complex, they're in the technocracy, you know, the spy equipment, technology, industrial complex, they're in the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex, they're in the you name it, whatever other kind of 
industrial complex you want to call it. But whenever these multimillionaires have all this money wrapped up in this stuff, and most people that are below a millionaire or even just somebody that makes good money, they don't realize some of these multi or these well-off people are living paycheck to paycheck, just like the poverty-stricken people that are living on less than forty thousand a year. And they don't want a hiccup in the system because when you're dealing with billions of dollars or even multi-millions of dollars at a time, a small 3% hiccup in the system could be the difference between you paying your bills for your house that week or that month and, and, and potentially having to put yourself in bankruptcy because things don't work out so well at scale when you're that big. It's just like when you're shooting a rifle, you know, you, you target for that bullseye, but the, the further away that bullseye is, the more expert you got to have of a, uh, a rifle in order to make sure that you can end the ability to use your rifle because you got to sight it and make sure it works right and stuff. You're going to miss that and it, that bullseye by further off. It's just like, you know, trying to go into the NASA idea here, you know. Trying to shoot for the moon is one thing. Trying to shoot for Jupiter and Pluto and some of these other planets, that's a whole other thing because trajectory, if you were, you got to be much more accurate. So I'm just hoping that most of us that are listening and talking on these shows don't miss miss out on the fact that many of these people that are captains of industry, the titans of industry that sit on these board of directors, some of them are Luciferian, and they don't care about people. They have no loyalty to America. All they want is to make sure their bottom line gets taken care of, and that's why they manipulate the congressmen and the aides and the staffers and the bureaucracy heads of all these different organizations because they live in fear all the time that they're not going to be able to maintain this juggling act that they're in. And most of us that are making less than them because we're not getting royalties from all kinds of stuff, we automatically think, oh, they're so wealthy, they can do whatever they want when they're hanging by a thread, actually. But my biggest problem with it is the fact that they want to dictate the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of self-governing and exclude the rest of us. They want to get only their little clique of people that think like them to exclusively govern everything that goes on. And I'm just saying, no, we all have to mutually agree together what all these rules, laws, processes, and procedures of self-governing are going to be because they are legal Americans just like any of the rest of us. Just because they work in a corporation or own the corporation doesn't mean that they should be excluded. So when I hear these politicians and different media heads or other Americans out there saying, oh, yeah, these rich people, you know, they're evil and stuff, well, some people get that opinion about what I say because I'm always saying how they're, you know, ruling the roost of everything that goes on in uh, American governing. Well, I'm talking about it from the standpoint that, hey, they need to let the rest of us equitably govern at the same time. I'm not saying kick them out. You hear these people say, we the 99%, forget the 1%, you know. I'm like, no, we got to look at the 100% because the 99%, if they were to rule, then they would probably leave out the one percent. Do what? And at this point, and at this point, yes, it's just getting uh, late. And what I like to do, because uh, I have on here uh, the the video that I'm going to try to coincide with the the 
the Trump rally. So, you know, a lot of folks have not had an opportunity to uh, either see one, uh, ever been to a Trump rally, uh, but this kind of give you a flavor of what it's like. Uh, so at this time, and everyone stay on the mic, there'll still be some time left on the show uh, in order to, uh, you know, have some more commentary, you know, on the rally or on the uh, – you know, our, our conversation tonight, and it, it definitely sounds like we're going to have to have a, a show specifically on this. And you mentioned space, and uh, what uh, there's a – if you go to my Twitter, there is a petition I uh, want to talk about later on for people to sign. But at this point, except my own because, uh, well, I'll have to use it to well, – no, I won't have to in this instance. Uh, mute mics, and then uh, you can always uh, go to the Facebook Live to, uh, to see the video. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, get this keyed up. Give me a moment. Uh, might be some moments of silence there. Uh, for it to get this keyed up for some. Again, this is something I'm trying new, uh, you know, just kind of, I don't know, just something fun to, to try to do as well. So uh, bear with me while I try to get this um, I'll get this together so I could get this at the same time here. Um, so give me a moment here. Let's see if I can get this. I'll... Well, this ain't working well. <laughs> well, I need I need more arms, guys. Now get ready to get the video together, and what happens is my computer screen times out. <laughs> and, and so I had to actually go and put a, my password back to my computer in order to have the video. So let's go ahead and see if I get this coordinated. Um, I'm trying to do multitask, as you guys know that I do. Um, so let's see if I could time this right, because I know there's always going to be a lag. Well, i got to tell you, there's probably three people. Okay, that wasn't it. <laughs> so let's see if I can coordinate this here at the same time. And I know there's going to be a lag, but anyway, it's until I get it, can get a better camera. But here we go. And this is the Trump rally from last Thursday. This would things work out well at a young age. And look what happened to all of us, right? Look what happened. Look what happened. But I was watching the so-called debate last night. And I also watched the night before. There was long, long television. And the Democrats spent more time attacking Barack Obama and they did attacking me, practically. <laughs> and this morning, that's all the fake news was talking about. That wasn't pretty. Now we're doing good. It's great to be back in the state that I love. I love this state. Very special. Can they sit on the stairs? 
But I'll tell you what, this is some crowd, some turnout. We've sold tens of thousands of tickets. And you know what the sale price is? We keep it nice and low. We keep it nice and low. But there never has been a movement like this. This is a movement the likes of which they've never seen before, maybe anywhere, but certainly in this country. They've never seen anything like this before. You came from the mountains and the valleys and the rivers, and you came for, I mean, look, from wherever you came from, there were a lot of them. And they showed up on election day, I'll never forget, a wonderful congressman from Tennessee to have early voting. One of the earliest places, great state Tennessee, and he said, he was in Pennsylvania with me, great state, and he said, you know, sir, I've been doing this for a long time, but I've never seen people like this show up for early voting. People that haven't voted in a long time because they didn't see anybody they wanted to vote for, said, I've never seen this. They have Trump banners and Trump hats and Trump buttons. If the rest of the country is voting like Tennessee is voting, you're going to win by a lot, and we won, and we won by a lot. Our nation is stronger today than ever before. We have the number one economy on Earth. No economy is We're rebuilding the awesome might of the United States military, and soon it will be stronger, relatively speaking, than at any time in our history. And when we took over, it was depleted. depleted military. It's not depleted anymore, I can tell you. Our spirit is strong, our stride is back, and our stand is clear. We are finally putting America first.
right? And you have a good governor, I want to tell you. Good job, Mike. Unemployment has reached the lowest rate in over half a century. And unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans have all reached the lowest rates ever recorded.
And the numbers are way down. You'll see that. Way, way down. Democrat lawmakers care more about illegal aliens than they care about their own constituents. They put foreign citizens before American citizens. Protesters here. Wait for them to take over. You must have a Democrat mayor. Do you have a Democrat mayor? Yeah.
Cincinnati, you have a Democrat mayor? Clock up. I think the statutes of limitations have ran out for that.
say, come on up, we'll give you health care. Who wouldn't come up? Who wouldn't come up? How crazy is this? How crazy is this? Schools, health care. Today I have a simple proposal for Democrat leaders to support legislation to end illegal migration, and we will use the vast savings to rebuild our inner cities. That's the way we should be doing it. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. She looks 
1,020 points. <laughs> he said, somewhere back there, hundreds of years ago, there may have been an ending. <laughs> or it may have been a statistical error, because it was so small. Which <laughs> anyway, but the guy was like, from her group, you wouldn't be very happy right now, and we have a man that campaigned so hard, relentless. And I came in, we did a rally where we had people like this, it was packed the day before the election. And Mike DeWine won that election, and he won it easily. Mike DeWine. Folks, and we interviewed many times Matt Bevin when he was running for governor. And you know, did you ever hear sometimes you could do such a good job that not everybody appreciates? But they had a lot of problems with pensions and a lot of tremendous problems that a normal governor would never have been able to correct. But when you correct it, you make yourself a little bit less popular. But he had no choice, and they had no choice. It's a great, great state. And he has turned out to be a great, great. And he's running in November, and because I like him so much, Matt, get a nice big arena ready, we're going to do a rally for you, okay?
a man whose job I made much easier because you have money pouring in, you have companies <laughs> pouring in. Keep favor. How is it, Keith?
job. She's really something. Uh, she has been incredible as a leader of the GOP. She's the chair, and she's my friend, Jane Timken. Other than that, they're quite good. <laughs> you don't want to have a 
You don't want one of those wooden wheels within vision. You hear them. They're noisy. Got a lot of problems. No, we're going to stay with the great energy that's powering our businesses, that's creating so many jobs. And solar, you know what? We'll live with solar, but solar is peanuts by comparison to what you need. But we're going to stay the way we have it. We've ended the war on American energy, and we're putting our coal miners back to work and our steel workers back to work and our oil. We're now the largest energy producer in the entire world, bigger than Soviet Union. Remember the Soviet Union when it was all together? The Soviet Union when it was all together, before they decided we got to call ourselves Russia. When it was all together, they wanted to be, that was always their dream to be the biggest in the world. Then it became Russia. And you know what? They've done a good job with energy, and so has Saudi Arabia done a good job with energy. But we are now bigger than Russia. We are now bigger than Saudi Arabia by far. And I would prove our country from the job-killing, very expensive Paris Climate Accord. Last year, coal exports were up 92% compared to 2016. 92%! Can you believe that? They're shipping it all over the world to Vietnam. I was in Vietnam and they said, we get coal from Ohio, we get coal from West Virginia. It's the finest coal in the world. We've created more than 110,000 new mining jobs. And thanks to states like Ohio, the United States is now the number one producer of oil, the number one producer of natural gas, the number one, everything having to do with energy, number one anywhere in the world. We're reversing decades of calamitous trade policies that led other countries to pillage our jobs, plunder our factories, The era of economic surrender is over. And you look at what they've done to your jobs over a period of time. NAFTA was one of the worst deals ever made, and probably the worst deal. You still have empty buildings, empty factories, but now they're getting filled up pretty fast or being knocked down for brand new ones. We have hundreds of new companies pouring into the United States. My first week in office, I withdrew the United States from one of the last administration's worst sellouts. It would have destroyed our automobile industry. It would have destroyed manufacturing in this country. And maybe that's what President Obama meant 
when he said you can't produce manufacturing jobs anymore in the United States because he would have signed Trans-Pacific Partnership and he would have been right. I killed it. Now, by the way, TPP, Trans-Pacific Partnership, would have destroyed the automobile industry in this country. Already, they shipped down 30% of your jobs to Mexico. Under the new USMCA, that's Mexico and Canada. We got to get them to vote on that, because that's an incredible deal. But under the new, it's going to be very hard for companies to leave you, to fire you, to go down, to make their product, whatever it may be, to send it back into the United States with no tax. All we end up with is unemployment and taxes and empty buildings. So they got to vote on the USMCA. Before I took office, foreign countries ripped us off, robbed us blind, and pushed us around, but America is not being pushed around anymore. Do you realize that? I think I got that from working in Ohio for two summers, right? We've taken the toughest ever action to stand up to Chinese trade abuse, and I just announced another 10% tariff on $300 million worth of Chinese products that come into our country. And that's on top of the 25% that we take of $250 billion coming in from China. And don't let them tell you. The fact is, China devalues their currency. They pour money into uh, their system. They pour it in. And because they do that, you're not paying for those tariffs. China's paying for those tariffs. For the last 20 years, China's taken hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars out of our country, and now we're stopping the theft of American jobs. We're stopping the theft of so many other things happening, including intellectual property. They steal our intellectual property. And, you know, I think they want to try and make it because the word is, I feel, they want to wait till they get, oh, they're praying, they're praying. They would like to see a new president in a year and a half so they could continue to rip off the United States like they've been doing for the last 25 years. They would love to see a guy like Sleepy Joe Biden who has no clue what the hell he's doing. President Xi is a good man, he's a friend of mine, he understands it. And until such time as there is a deal, we will be taxing the hell out of China. That's all there is.
countries don't want to pay a tariff. I have a simple solution. Make your product in America. Come on back to the United States. Come on back to Ohio. in Toledo, Ohio, your hometown. And this was unthinkable, because four years ago, steel plants were closing. They weren't expanding, and they weren't building. We're building new plants in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, all over, not just Ohio. On issue after issue, Democrats have forgotten who it is that they're supposed to represent. They forgot. I wonder why they forgot. The job of elected officials is to represent American citizens. The radical Democrats even support deadly sanctuary cities which release dangerous criminals onto our streets. Sanctuary cities. And many of the places that have sanctuary cities and many of the people that live there, they don't want them. They don't want them. They're dangerous. They're not good. Here are just a few examples. In San Francisco, an illegal alien was arrested no fewer than 10 times in the span of less than one year for numerous counts of burglary and theft. Yet each time San Francisco defied federal authorities and set him free. And bad things happened when they set him free. A sanctuary jurisdiction in California recently released a criminal alien from jail. The very next month, the same individual was arrested for rape. And then beyond anything you would even believe, a horrible thing happened. 
But yet again, he was released back into your community. After a sanctuary city in New Jersey released an alien charged with domestic violence, he was arrested in Missouri for the murders of three people. In the bizarre worldview of the third and hard left, they have no problem destroying the lives of innocent Americans for a single politically incorrect thought. But they want to virtually, and you know this, you know this, they want virtual immunity for illegal aliens That's right. who have committed horrible
We're down to 3.5% unemployment. We need people. But we want people to come in based on merit, not based on some lottery put in by a government. Democrats have never been farther outside the mainstream. Liberal politicians want to eliminate private health care and force everyone onto the government plan. Remember the lies from the previous administration. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor 28 times. One lie after another, 28 times it was said, and it turned out to be a total lie. My administration is defending your right to choose the plan and doctor that is best for you. We're offering right now plans up to 60% cheaper than Obamacare, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions, always. Virtually every top Democrat also now supports late-term abortion. And then you'll have, like, a governor of Virginia. It's not only late-term abortion, it's killing the baby after the baby is born. Think of that. Think of that. That's why I've asked Congress to prohibit extreme late-term abortion, because Republicans believe that every child is a sacred gift from God.
They couldn't get medicine. We have the greatest doctors, the greatest clinics, the greatest technicians in the world. They couldn't get anything. They'd travel to Asia if they had money. They'd travel to Europe. They'd travel all over the world hoping for a cure. If they had no money, they'd just go home. They'd die. They had no hope. For 44 years, they've been trying to get right to try. We are so advanced in medicine. We have a lot of things that probably work or possibly work, but we weren't allowed legally to give that to these people that were so sick. You know why? Because they didn't want this drug if it didn't work to hurt the people, but the people were terminally ill. So I got it approved, and it wasn't easy. It was complicated. The insurance companies didn't want to do it. The government didn't want to do it. The doctors didn't want to do it. Tremendous liability. But our country didn't want to do it. They said, well, if it doesn't work, we're going to get sued. I say, so they'll sign an agreement, very strong, one page, taking all liability away from the United States, from the drug companies, from the doctors, all liability. They're terminally ill. Let's try it. And you know what? It's been a miracle. So many people have done so well. When I said about the agreement, they had these great lawyers and they said, gee, that's a good idea. They've been working on this thing. They said, that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. How about getting it to me like in about two hours? Right to try. It's a great thing. But we have so many things like that. I have lists that you wouldn't even believe. I have lists that go on for pages of things we've done. We've launched a historic initiative to reduce the price of prescription drugs, including a plan to allow companies to import lower-cost drugs from other countries. It's a very unfair system. Our country pays the highest prices in the world. Last year was the first time in 51 years that drug pricing for prescription drugs actually came down. Now we're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it down a lot. And now, so other countries. Here's an example. Canada pays half the price for a lot of drugs that we do. So we have a great governor in the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, calls me up, doing a great job, Ron DeSantis. He was at three and he went to seven. That's a pretty good increase, right? Ron DeSantis is a great governor. And he comes to me and goes, you know, if you buy the drugs, if we buy the drugs, because this is so botched up, we have a middleman, it's, a, it's not a good situation. He said, if I could go and buy the drugs from Canada, I could save 50%. I said, do it. Do it. And if you can buy them from Europe, because the system, like, remember I used to scream when I was winning states and not getting the delegates that I was entitled to? And I'd say, the system is rigged? Well, the drug system is rigged. It's rigged. So if we can buy the same drug made by the same pharmaceutical company from Europe or from Canada or from other places at a big, deep discount, we're doing it and we're giving them the right to do it. Thank you.
think that, believe it or not, is even bigger, but you'll be seeing that over the next two weeks. With the help of your great senator, Rob Portman, we've taken bold action to confront the opioid epidemic that in Ohio drug overdose death went down 22% last year. 22%. Think of that. Opioid, big problem. Big problem. Deaths went down. Opioid deaths, 22%. Nobody writes that. Nobody talks about that. They don't want to talk about that. Good job, Rob. Good job, Mike. We passed VA shorts and VA accountability on behalf of our great veterans. They've been trying to pass VA choice for four decades. They couldn't get it done. We got it done. We got it done. This is where a veteran would stand online for three, four, five, six days, for three weeks, for five weeks. Sometimes they're okay. By the time they see a doctor, they're terminally ill. And I said, you know, I have a great idea. Because I've been doing that this long, you know, this has been, we've been working on this for, I've been thinking about it a lot. This was during the campaign. What a campaign that was, right? Was that a campaign or what? Lima, right? See? 
You know, most people go at Lima, but I know Lima. You know why? Because I came here, and they said, we're closing this plant. I said, what kind of a plant is it? Remember when I was here? In Lima. And I used to say, you mean Lima? They said, no, George, Lima. That's why. Because, but, hey, look, I'll be honest with you. Because they have it wrong with the teleprompter, okay? And I would have been in big trouble. But the good news is I don't use the teleprompter too much. If I did, you would have been out of here a long time ago. Because it gets very boring when you do the teleprompter deal. But in Lima, and I said, what kind of a plant? And I said, let's go see it. During the campaign, I went to see it. And they make the incredible, the best army tank in the world. And I couldn't believe the complexity, the genius. I said, wait a minute, you close this, you'll never be able to open it again. You can't open this. This isn't like a normal situation that you can open four walls in a room. This is complicated. This is genius. And you'll never replace these men and women that work here. I said, and I didn't know anything at the time other than I said, you're not closing it. They took it off the list. They kept it open. And now we're making army tanks around the clock.
label they use, a vote for any Democrat in 2020 is a vote for the rise of radical socialism and the destruction of our great, our beautiful, our wonderful American dream. We're not going to let our country ever go down the route of socialism. You must never forget that the 2020 election is about one thing. It's about you. I say it again, I say it all the time. Never happened before. There's never been a movement like this. They've had movements. They never went. They won a state. They did well in a state. We won 32 states. There's never been anything like it. But this movement is about your family and your future, and it's about the life and the faith of your country. We begin our, our hey, look, this is a good place. Is this a great thing to do? We begin our campaign, and we're going to do great, Bob. Right, Bob? Bob, if we don't do great, you're fired, Bob. But <laughs> think of it, our Ohio campaign, with the best record, the best results, the best agenda, and the only positive vision for our nation's future. And again, remember this. Ohio is doing better today than it's ever, ever, ever done before. It's the best it's ever done. Joe Biden is going to come in and say, but I can do better. I can do better. He wants to go back to sleep. Together we will continue unleashing the power of American enterprise so every American can reach their fullest and highest potential. Tremendous potential. Our country has such tremendous potential. You know, we've had the last week, we've had the highest stock market in the history of our country. That means 401ks. That means jobs. But there's tremendous potential to go up. We have tremendous potential to go up. With your help, we will elect a Republican Congress to create a safe, modern, fair, and lawful system of immigration. We will enact trade deals that ensure more products are proudly stamped with those four beautiful words made in the USA.
With the Democrats, there is no Second Amendment. You can forget about keep and bear arms. You can forget. Above all, we will never stop fighting for the values that bind us together as one America. We will never, ever stop fighting. We support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States.
Here I'm muted myself, so that must have been why be here I'm muted myself, so that might be why we lost Bianchi. Oh, I was hoping uh, to still have him on. He probably heard the me say goodnight and he probably left. And so uh that's not the uh, uh finish of the show. Uh but I will open up the other mics. I guess <laughs> well he left kinda quick, but I know there was a, a little bit of a pause there. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and bring people back. Uh, at this point we got uh, you on uh, Kelly and John, and uh, we've got you know some time left uh, for the show. Again, you know, folks, uh, you know, appreciate it. Listen to it. I apologize. The first like 20 minutes or so was a little loud. Uh, however, we, um, you know, I, I, I can't hear uh, actually the the sound of the audio uh, from from where I'm at. So I, I do rely on you know some feedback from people, and I really appreciate it. Uh, if you do that. So, uh, again, I wish um, I would have muted my mic, uh, I guess, because uh, once it stopped, I guess Bianchi thought we were we were done. But and then unfortunately, we're in that period of uh, time in the show where we won't be able to call back in and, and we'll uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll hear from him. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bring it uh, uh, back to you, Kelly, and then John. Uh, so uh, have you ever been to a, a Trump rally, Kelly? Uh, no, but I think I want to just for the experience. It's kind of like a rock concert, man. I mean, that's just like, wow. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, he keeps this up. He's going to have his Republican House and Senate. And in another four years, of course, the liberals are going to scream. You know, he's calling out to, uh, the American people to get out the vote for a Republican House. And one of the secrets here is don't waste your time on a liberal. Just don't. Yeah, that's um, true. I've been learning, like, especially on like social media. <laughs> yeah, so you're wasting your time. They're, they hate they hate Trump. They absolutely hate him. They get together and they have hate fests or whatever they do. It's, it's a waste of time. He's calling for the American people's help. So I was on this construction job site. I'm an engineer and a contractor inviting me to help him pour concrete, which is kind of an honor, actually. And so I'm out there and talked to this guy. He voted for the first time in like 30 years. That's the kind of people we got to reach, folks, people who are sick and tired of the weirdness of the Democrats. In California, I'd see these bathrooms, unisex bathrooms, whatever. Um, but we got to go to people who haven't voted before. And uh, that would help Trump out. I mean, I, it's really exciting hearing all this. You know, the sound, you kind of corrected it, so it got way better, uh, Robert. I know yeah, so it's kind of loud, and I guess, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of loud, Robert, there's this guy you could hear over Trump just a little bit. You're like, yay, woo 
and then boo, and then with space program. <laughs> I know you like space stuff, Robert. I'm, I, that was you, you know, because when Trump said we're going to explore space, and this guy says space something, Robert, that was you. You must have had a front row seat. That 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 was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, and you know, did you hear me spell <laughs> when I yelled SDI when you talked about the uh, space? Uh, Initiative. Uh, we talk about defense. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that was close uh, enough. Where were you sitting? Right, right behind, in front. Where were you at? I was. At uh, I was a couple, a couple sections back, but like right behind the podium. Okay. Did you? How did you feel when you got done? Were you just totally excited? Just totally like, wow, that was. It just. I. How did you feel? Well, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Uh, you know, I know I've been to a, a number of uh, Trump rallies. I mean, he he's come to Ohio since uh, running probably four or five times, and so that's probably really? the. Oh yeah, that's probably the fourth rally I've been to. That's probably been the fourth Trump Are rally you group- I've been to. Wow, are you a groupie or something? I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was that was a, shot, a dose of encouragement. Just to hear that, I, I want to get other people's thoughts. So I just like, wow, that's just a dose of encouragement. I was actually working while listening, and uh, this thing called work. You're on your own business. You get to work until who knows when. Sometimes, but that was that was. Oh wow. yeah, you did that for about ten years. Okay. Well, anyway, let's turn it over to somebody else. Well, uh, well, right now we only got uh, me, you, and John on the line. We lost Bianchi. I think he thought that uh, the show was over because, I mean, he was he listened to the video or audio, I should say, <laughs> until the end. And then, you know, then there was a little silence. I was I was talking a little bit, but then I noticed, oh, man, I muted my own mic. And so now, <laughs> you know, it was silence. He probably thought it was, it was, the show was over. So uh, hopefully we'll hear from him again because it, it's good to have some – some people coming back, but yeah, let's go ahead and get your take, John. Yeah, I'm, I've kind of got used to over the years being on this show that uh, sometimes when you hear nothing doesn't mean it's over quite yet. <laughs> I'm waiting till that the system kicks me off and gives me some kind of signal that the line's totally disconnected because <laughs> I know we've done this before, been there. Well, you know, just like um, back during the 16 or 2016 campaign, I wasn't very big on Trump. And I, well, I went down to the wire, if anybody, you guys remember, it was like within the last week or two when I finally decided to throw my vote towards Trump just to make sure we didn't get some other nut job in there. And, you know, basically it was a vote against Hillary at that point. And then, you know, I was like, golly, you know, this all we got to pick from is just, you know, we just got the best of all the turds and nobody's better than a turd and this is the best we can do. And But Trump has kind of surprised me and he turned out to be better than I expected, but he's still not, in my humble opinion, he still doesn't even meet the threshold to be a president for me. Cause, but if I got to pick, at this point, the only people I know that's running other than Democrats is, uh, what's his name, Larry Hogan, the Republican governor from Maryland. He, I don't know if he ever backed out or not, but he threw his name in the hat, and I really don't know hardly diddly squat about him. And 
until we were, now I really hadn't spent any time looking at him or, you know, researching him or nothing either. And then Bill Weld, you know, the guy that ran with vice pre- as a vice presidential candidate with Gary Johnson back in 2016, and he he told all the libertarians because I, I listen to the libertarian stuff too because I have a lot of strong libertarian bent to my perspective on things, and uh, he was saying, "Oh, I'm a libertarian for life now. You know, I'm never going to go back." Now he's running as a doggone Republican, so I'm like, "Well, I can't trust that guy." So looks like I'm going to be voting for Trump again, even though I, I really have a hard time voting for him. I can't stand anybody else though, but. It's one of those kind of things. Darned if you do, darned if you don't. He blow. I mean, he blows a lot of smoke, in my opinion, because the, the big things that really come through that he's done have done nothing but help the multinational foreign corporations take more control over the whole economy. And he's getting away with it, and most people ain't paying attention, or they're just like, what do you call them, peanut gallery? Uh, and John, yeah, for if you're gonna, you know, make those statements, I mean, I mean you know I'm going to ask you to back them up, right? <laughs> in what instances has he done that? Well, for from my humble opinion, whenever you talk about how great America's doing and stuff, and I'm like going, okay, we've got more debt than we've ever had in the history of America. And you say we're doing great whenever our balance sheet shows that we can't really need our debt, long-term debt, in the long run. Somebody's going to have to go into the Federal Reserve and just wipe out the doggone books, play fuzzy math, in order to get that to rebalance. And just within the last two and a half years, he's already racked up appropriations over $3 trillion, and nobody's paying attention. I watch C-SPAN like a hawk. And... He's vetoed only one thing that I can tell so far. And, you know, he gave the uh, the rate cuts and stuff for cutting back taxes. Well, hey, I'm all for that. I appreciate it. Like you've heard me say before, I think we should abolish all personal income taxes and we should abolish all property um, taxes and then give everybody line-item veto power in order to make sure that, you know, we all get to work together by mutual assent. But... Whenever he's saying, oh, you know, we added 6 million new jobs and we have 7, you know, whatever, 0.5 million or so lifted off of food stamps, but we still have 80-some-odd million more people on the public dole than we ever had in America. I mean, he's broke a record, another record for going in debt in the fastest amount of time, appropriating money in the first two and a half years than any other president. And, you know, whenever you look at the fact that we do have 80 some odd million people on the social safety net unemployed and whatnot he's still pandering with the ceos with these multinational corporations to say oh we need legal immigration i mean john where, where are you getting these numbers at well you just look at it from either the labor uh bureau of labor statistics or you know every friday or whatever they do the report on the jobs reports and stuff that's where you get it from. Well, I mean, can you? Well, yeah, I, mean, I appreciate you have a way. To, you have no way to get the information to me. I mean, and I've but, but send the information to me for those for those report, and we'll see if there's any type of bias or anything. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, well, you have the contact page on the on the bar on the website. 
But you can just take his own word for it. He said there's 160 million people that are working today that's more than ever in the history of America. Okay, that's true. If, if I mean, just take that for truth. He said it out of his own mouth. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am being picky, but that's because I don't feel that anybody is being um, worthy of being my president right now. But I am grateful that he's turned out to be a better president than I expected, and he still, in my opinion, is better than anybody else that was running. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But in the sense that, you know, he's saying there's 160-odd million people. We've got the greatest economy and stuff with all these people, more people working than ever in the history of America. Well, naturally, in 1940, there was only about 125 million people in America. In 1970, there was about 203 million people in America. Now we're up around 330-odd million people, so naturally you need more jobs but that doesn't mean that it justifies the fact that we've got 80-plus-odd million people on the public dole, and that's not even counting the millions of people that are living out of their cars in the tent cities and stuff, and he just blows them off. He just looks at, we got 7.5 million people off the public dole. Yeah, but we got more people homeless, too, on the face of the, I mean, in America than we've ever had, too, in a long time. we got more people homeless or living out under... You know, uh, well, is that, like, well, is that John? Is that, I mean, uh, well, I'm going to take you to task, my friend. Uh, but I mean, is that going to is that due to the federal government? Is that due to local governments? I mean, you're, you're, you are seeing on the news all the time where it's these local governments, you know, especially those that are controlled by the Democrats, uh, that you're seeing all this homelessness and uh, economic disparity. Right, but I'm going on what he's saying. No, but I'm, I'm just but I'm stating accountable that to his words. We don't need more bloviating presidents setting up a president for more bloviating presidents in the future. We've had enough liars in chief like Barack Obama and, and Bush 41 and 43. We don't need more of that nonsense. We can't work on the facts if we don't get truth. But at the same time, I don't know who's supplying him with the information, so he could be being, being – being played by people too but just if you just take his own words 160 odd million we got roughly 326 million uh, people on in our country now well that means that there's at least um, 50 some odd percent of us that are not in the um Workforce, so therefore that means you know they're on the public dole. No, if you look at the statistics, they say eighty some odd million people's on the public dole. So that means there's at least a hundred and eighteen million or thereabouts. It's not accounted for, it, so they're either homeless and not on the public dole, or they don't exist anymore. They're dead. So I mean, th- these kind of things. And where's the where's the cutting of the spending? We still have all these subsidies going to these multinational foreign corporations. So, you know, he complains about the Democrats, and rightfully so. I agree with him. The Democrats are, you know, saying, oh, they're not for the people and stuff, and they're just wanting to, you know, extend a hand to these immigrant foreigners coming to our southern border. And then I'm like going, okay, President Trump, you're right in that regard. But, uh, you know, whenever these people come to the border, you're saying it's okay to bring them in legally when we have a deficit with our Americans who need the the first right of refusal for the jobs here. But nobody's saying nothing about the fact that um, uh, President Trump's actually 
catering to the CEO foreign multinational corporations by allowing the illegal immigrants to come in here and cutting all those um, giving all those cut those breaks to those kind of people and then telling all of the foreign countries to bring their business back to America so they can make you their workers slaves when all the profits will still go back to the foreign national company owners. Well, again, I mean, you, you, no, I mean, and I'll ask you know because I think it'd be a good idea, and certainly we can you know go over that information on you know on the show. So I mean, you know, you know, and I've asked this before because I know we've had many of these conversations. You send me the literature; I really would like to read it. You know, I, I don't want to just go off of well, this is what someone's told me, and this is what someone's heard. I mean, I want to actually see you know see the information. So you could go to the and anyone out there listening, they could do that as well. Uh, you could send it to the contact page. Uh, which does come to me, it's, then you can go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and there is a contact page where you know people can send links and, and also send articles and things of that nature. Yeah, well, uh, you know, but, but really and remember, I mean, if you know, it, it is it is the corporations and the businesses that are making you know that make money. I mean, they're they're the ones who hire people. They're the ones who you know and you know employ. You know, so it, it's. It, Two things. One, it's much better for I think if, if there, you know anything's going to be given money, you know, I'd, I'd rather see them go to the people who are actually making money, making businesses, and making co- companies uh, that pe- for people to work in. They're giving at the people who don't work, who don't do anything, don't contribute to society. And I mean, I would agree that we shouldn't be giving any money to these illegal immigrants um, or immigrants for that matter. I think we should. For me, I, I think we should shut down the borders. Well, I agree with you. That's why I say we should not have one penny going to any foreigners until all of the legal Americans are taken care of from the standpoint of allowing them to rightfully self-govern. And I say that because just like you've heard me say previous shows before, what happens is all of the Americans that are here already, they feel pushed you know, down or whatever, destitute and whatnot. Well, the more you flood more people into the labor pool, and these people are already living on the streets or out of their cars or in the tents or out of whatever, homeless shelter or, you know, jumping from bridge to bridge or whatever, they start stealing in order to make ends meet, especially whenever, you know, there's pressures on from societal governing that put them in that position to have that pressure, but they have no say in getting that pressure relief off of them because they're neglected from their representation in self-governing. But then all the foreigners come in here, now they get stuck in the same boat. So the elite Washington establishment foreign multinational groups get to use this divide-and-conquer strategy in order to rile up the bases so they can sell more product through our government because as long as there's more riots and protests going on in the, in the society – they're in the ear of our congressmen saying, hey, we got your answer because our technocracy technology industrial complex has all the spy camera stuff, and we can force people off of the public dough, or not force them off the public dough, but force them on the public dough because we will try to push the fact that you have to have some kind of income in order to make ends meet. So we'll usher in this universal basic income. Income, and then in order to get but that's that, not every, that's not well. Well, universal basic income. Well, hold on, John. There's only there's only one candidate that's 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 suggesting universal uh, universal income. 
Yeah, but you're looking at the candidates. I'm looking at the multinational corporations that are sitting on the board of directors that are millionaires and billionaires who are Luciferian, that people that have no loyalty to America. Like I was starting to explain earlier at the beginning of the show when I first started talking, there are good people in that 1% too, and that was what I was putting out. But then at the point that you know you you were um, took over, you know I didn't realize that I was going to be stopped. At that point i was going on to say but you got to be aware of the crooked crony ones that are the majority of them up there that don't give a flip and fly about any of the americans and they're going to continue to manipulate this system in order to take advantage of the people with this divide and conquer strategy and that guy mike when he was talking at the beginning i wanted i was hoping he understood that sometimes because we only know in part and we only see in part and we don't understand everything that's going on people bait us with these kind of racist mentality stuff because that's their way to get you to be their useful idiot in order for you to go out and help rile up these these um, category differences to keep people distracted from what's really going on so the Machiavellian scam is going you know you guys are arguing over stuff that really you know, doesn't need to be argued over while they're working on the backside of the thing, raping and pillaging and moving you more into another situation where you're going to be forced to be on the public dole, and then they can totally control you. They'll force you to take a chip in order to get your universal basic income. AI and the technology that's coming is going to put a whole lot of people out of work. And that's what Mike was trying, the other Mike from what, uh, Singapore, he was trying to explain that too. Now, I didn't agree with him with, for a socialistic standpoint, but from the technological standpoint of the stuff he knows, and he, I think, understands Mr. Yang because Mr. Yang's from that neighborhood. Now, I don't know if he works for Mr. Yang's technology company or not. But he seems to understand that aspect of it. But I'm an issues person. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. I don't dwell on that stuff in the sense that uh, as far as my um, the way I see things, I have to make a decision what party I'm going to vote or going to be a part of if I want to be a part of the primaries. So that comes into play there. But there's a whole lot more going on, and I don't know it all. I see in part, but the parts I do see, I want to try to communicate the best way I know, and I'm not the greatest communicator. I wish I was tons better. I'm not good at organizing letters and stuff and putting things together like that. I'm better at talking to people and answering questions. But, hey, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and I'm just trying to share my point, and, and I appreciate you putting me to task. And I agree that that's what needs to be done because you don't want me to deceive you either by any way. You want to make sure that I'm being nailed to the wall and held accountable just as much as I'm trying to say hold Trump accountable or anybody else because I'm no better than the next guy. I'm just trying to serve my role in keeping all of us on 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 the rails instead of this crazy train off the rails. And we're on a crazy train off the rails, and we're still headed going off the rails even with Trump because all this other stuff gets overlooked. And, I, I, yeah, he is turning out to be better than the other ones that we could have had that were still on the track to being controlled more and more. Raquel, you want to chime in on that? I think we're still off the yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Can you hear me okay? No, I can. It's fine, yes. 
Okay. Um, there's uh, John. I have a fundamental disagreement about something, and it's a libertarian perspective, and it's actually supported by the United States Supreme Court case, and it's also supported by the words of Jesus, and this is kind of mind-blowing. Um, but I guess I want to ask you, John, uh, are you free? Am I free? F-R-E, are you free? Are you a volitional creature? Do you have free will? Um, I'm not sure I fully understand the context that you're saying it with this, this short description, but no, not gen- from what in, I understand. In general, yes, on in general, a certain aspect and no in another. So in a general aspect, are you free? Big general, I mean. No, not from a general aspect, no. All right, well, do you believe God created people to be free? Yes. Okay, very good. All right, that's what I'm looking for. Is Robert free? A free sentient well, human being? to be free, but he's not free right now. <laughs> okay, do you have free will? Do you have well, free will? I, I, I believe well, wait, how, how come you guys are free and I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not free. You said, "Yeah, I'm free." Yeah, Kelly, context. you're free, but Rob, he's not free. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have free will? Are we free sentient beings? I guess to get more clear, uh, clarity. But, but in what context, though? From a self-governing standpoint, we are all being manipulated as legislative slaves. You are not free if somebody else can dictate your values, burdens, and encumbrances. Okay. When it comes to the field of work, are you free? Can you quit your job tomorrow if you wanted to and go find another one? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'm not free because okay. that would take me some time to uh, to, to find that. <laughs> Just quit tomorrow. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm free to quit on uh, projects I have a, have a contract on. But my moral obligation is basically, yeah, I'll complete the contract. I'll complete one tomorrow. Expert witness, but that's another story. All right. If I worked at, uh, say, McDonald's, I want to go work for Walmart. To be polite, I would, okay, two weeks' notice, and then I go work for Walmart. But I'm free to hunt around for different jobs and acquire different hour, hourly rates. The person that hires me is free. To pay me ten bucks an hour, twenty bucks an hour as an engineer when I have work, it's ninety nine bucks an hour. Okay, it's kind of a difficult community to keep making it here, but I do. In contract, I might want to propose something to a client. It's recently happened. He went through sticker shock, and and then finally, you know, a week or two goes by. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So boom, gives me a check. I get going. Um, the right to contract is what this is talking about. The right to contract in business, landmark case, Hill versus Henkel. Um, the citizen may stand upon his right to contract. I'm sorry. The citizen may stand upon his constitutional rights as a citizen. His power to contract is unlimited. Because we are free sentient beings, we can choose to take this job or that job. We can go to college, improve ourselves, our skills, get higher offers, what what have you, it's market forces. So because I am free to offer my services for dollars, I have 
Um, I trade my hours for dollars. They trade their dollars for my time. Okay, it's the right to contract. And this is fascinating because Jesus in the parable of the workers in the vineyard, this is in Matthew 20, you know, there's a man who uh, in the morning hired some men to work in the vineyard. It's around harvest time. Agreed to pay them a denarius for the whole day. About noon, he had to hire more people. So, oh, it says about the ninth hour. See. And he started, the owner of the vineyard started increasing the salary for the rest of the day. So, um, basically, the last hour, they've got, uh, yeah, okay. So you've got a denarius if you start like at 7 a.m. to work till, I don't know, 9 o'clock. Harvest time. You get a denarius if you started at nine. From nine to nine, you get a denarius if you work from noon till nine. You get a denarius if you work from four till nine. This is this is what the owner of the vineyard did. This is Jesus telling the story. And so of course, the ones that got hired at like seven in the morning, they weren't happy because they worked all day for a denarius. The guys at noon only had to work partial day at 4 o'clock. Everybody got in an area when they started. So obviously the people that got started working early, they were very upset. And uh, so one of them came to him and said, look, hey, uh, uh, to the vineyard, hey, 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 hey. These guys showed up late and you still paid them the same as much and we worked all day, man. That's not fair. And this is the response of the vineyard in the story. Friend, am I not being unfair to you? Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? It's fascinating because it's the right to contract. So at 4 o'clock, you get a denarius to work till 9. You get hired at 8 o'clock. Until nine, one hour, you get a denarius. Because the contract the person agreed to at seven o'clock was a denarius from seven a.m. to nine a.m. This is the right to contract based on the fact that we are free and volitional creatures <laughs> because we have free will. The government, our government, can't do much about that. Yes, okay, they've got minimum wage per se. But greedy corporations that just want to screw people, it's a two-part problem. It's a greedy corporation. There's one in town here. They manufacture vacuum, custom vacuum chambers. Some stuff on, some stuff's up on the space shuttle, et cetera, and in satellites. But they go through people like crazy here, and they and yet the owners are making you know like a million a month. There's some local uh, food chains. The owners making buku bucks. The workers are making nothing. Unethical? Yes. Unfair? Not really. Then you have the right to contract. Somebody agreed to work. Somebody uses their labor and profits off of it. It's called the right to contract on both sides. The federal government cannot do much about this, nor can the state. And when I hire people to go out surveying, I pay them really well. I'm way above minimum wage. It's just my values, and they're happy, and I'm happy, and then we get stuff done. There you go. 
When it comes to corporations, however, that have a monopoly who have passed laws to force the sale of their business products through codes like the building code and other things for safety of the environment or safe of energy, whatever, blah, 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 blah. That stuff's got to stop. When the corporate lobbyists go to Congress and they lobby to pass legislation that causes prices to go up, to wipe out their competition, this is a great evil that the Republican Party has allowed. The way to fix that disparity – I mean you, you can't fix somebody's greed through the government, but the way to fix the disparity is when a corporation, which is emerging with the federal government, you're, you trade your rights for benefits. The benefits are the corporations have all sorts of um, restrictions on them that normal human beings do not. But, the, but basically the tricks and games the corporations do through law that they, they – Force to sell their product through laws, they wipe out their competition and make their competition impossible to start up against them. This is where the Republican Party has gone wrong by allowing the lobbyists. If I was king of the world, wouldn't want to be because too much responsibility, too much pain to bear. I would make a law that says, look, your corporation, if you hired a lobbyist, that lobbyist got a bill passed. And your profits skyrocket because of this legislation. Your tax is going to be like ninety percent. Your special tax bracket because you're screwing the American people. You're getting ninety percent tax bracket. The corporate board is getting a ninety percent tax bracket, and and the legislature who introduced the bill he he's basically gets paid nothing, period. So this behavior would stop, so that. A government, be it state or federal, is not bent to the will of corporate profit. This is a great evil, and the Sherman Antitrust Act by Taft, President Taft, got passed so that this uh, monopoly system that the corporations have, this has to get enforced, and the big corporations need to be busted so that more competition is allowed… And you know Bob's Bob's uh, Millhouse. He was into stock ownership a little bit when he owned the company. When he retired, he turned all the stock over to all the employees, and they were very wealthy, all of them instantly, like the day after he retired. That's the, that's a very good thing when people do that. I would rather see people. Woodward Governor in Colorado, they actually have a, a you're in long enough, you get a stock option, and you're part of the company, and you're making really good money. There's other companies that have done this where you know you're with us for three, four, five years, you start getting more profit from a UPS has this too. There's other corporations that do and that's a good thing. But that's all voluntary and the government can't step in and do this. But when the corporations have way too much power for their corporate gain, that's what can be done and should be done. And I know it sounds a little tricky, but there's certain things the government can't do, and there's certain things the government can and should do. But again, you got the corporations that are so powerful that they stop Congress and the uh, government agencies and entities from from doing things. That, anything possible to make sure the corporations have huge profits, 
And there's the disparity of wealth. Of course, Jesus basically said, look, if you see your brother in need, help him out. <clears throat> help him out. It's all that's in the Old Testament too. And so that's what love does. It's mind-blowing, this whole system. But I come back to the fascinating statement by Bastiat, another French philosopher, 1800s. Bastiat said, the state is that great fiction by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. I first saw that. Somebody made a comment. I'm not sure what he means. Well, you think about welfare immediately. Some do. The state is that great fiction by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. If you look at the corporate system, that applies too. The state is that great fiction by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. This is what corporations do. It's mind-blowing. So that's what can be done. Instead of – I mean the republic – if the republicans would just get on it and stop the corporate lobbyists, the republic there – there would be so many Democrats going over to the Republican Party. They would win over and over and over and over. But the, in California, we were controlled by Democrats, and they have a ton of lobbyists for all these business interests of all the corporations. I mean just imagine, okay, in 2020, all new homes have to have solar panels. That have solar panels. Can I can I even opt out of electrical power? No. All right. Guess what? Solar panels. Is that, is that a real thing over there, Kelly? By 2020, everyone's going to have solar panels? For new homes. New construction. Oh, for new homes. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So new construction, you got to have it. Thou shalt have – well, dude, it's like who the hell are you people? It's corporate lobbyists who are going to make a ton of money and give to the Democrats. They have been doing this just as much as the Republicans in California. They are passing laws and codes that favor um, Democrat businesses and profit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hey, pass this legislation for me. Okay, yeah, oh, gee, what do you know? Our profit skyrocketed. This is mind-blowing that this is even happening, but it is. The Democrats blame and claim only the Republicans do this. It's baloney. In California, have been run by the Democrats, and prices are going up, 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 up because of these games. So it, 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 the corporate control of America is very frightening, and it needs to stop if the Republicans – I'll say it again – if the Republicans would penalize – because you can't stop a lobbyist. It's the right to assemble and petition First Amendment. You can't stop a lobbyist, but you can punish them if it's proven that a corporation's profit skyrocketed because of a bill a lobbyist brought forth. That's what I'd like to see. Do you see the difference, John? What I'm talking about, individual well, I, contract. I understand, the, I understand the general difference in what you're saying, but it, in just the fact that you started out with Matthew 20, and what I don't take this in the wrong way, it, I see this happen quite often. People will read a particular aspect of a scripture, and they will they will take the carnal aspect of the scripture and try to apply it in a spiritual sense so it gives it gives weight to the fact that it's okay for employers to take advantage of the impotent workers that are lined up outside when the true message of what was being said in that part of the scripture is be true to your word and don't covet other people's situation because if you take what you said and I'm not saying that I fully understood everything you were saying in that context. 
But the context that it came across to me is that it's okay for employers to uh, manipulate contracts and pay the employer or employee the least amount possible. Well, that flies right into the face of what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, where he says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So now I cannot take and base it only on one or two scriptures. I have to take all scriptures, everything that came out of the mouth of God. And then in Matthew 4.10, he says, it is written, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's become the Barclay Bible Hour. I'm just kidding, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Let me finish. Now, now that we know that we have to take every word that God has come out of his mouth, and I, I'm telling you, I don't know all of them. I'm doing the best I know how. And then I understand that I have to honor him, and, you know, as it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Now, if I only am serving him, and he tells me I'm supposed to love others as I love myself, then I'm not going to actually take advantage of them in order to get the lowest pay. I'm going to be more fair to them. So Matthew 20 is actually referring in the context of what you were actually reading is to be true to your word no matter what your agreement is because if you continue to read on in the last part of Matthew 20 or you know further down in it, which is one that I always like to go to, Matthew 20 verses 25 Jesus called them to the people all standing there and stuff, and they were talking, and he says, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. He's right there telling us, and I've even shared this before. If you turn over to Acts 5.29, he tell, Peter is talking, and he says, no, we're going to honor God. So God tells us, take care of the least of these and be an honest broker with your people. Now, if if I'm going to take um, God's word in Matthew 20 in the context that what I was just saying, that, hey, I need to be truthful to my word and honest with the honest broker and whatnot and live up to the words of the agreements that I contract with, then the the Declaration of Independence in the United States Constitution is supposed to be a contract. But they do not honor those contracts. So when they do not honor those contracts, I have a rightful place to call them out and to go look elsewhere. But in our society and the way it's hoodwinked with so many useful idiots, the people who are in power continue to manipulate the situation and take control over us legislatively when there was no legal binding authority for them in the first place because if they neglected to give us standing as an individual to have legal binding authority to decide our burdens and encumbrances, they've actually committed extrinsic fraud, fraudulent conveyance, um, uh, failure of consideration, misrepresentation, you know, fraudulent misrepresentation. So they just threw the rule of law and did away with the contracts of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution anyway. Well, here's 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 what I'm yeah, and Kelly, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and answer that, and then because, you know, fortunately, I wish we had a third another hour because we could probably do a fourth hour just with this conversation. Well, we should, and I've we, had yeah, so much more I could have done today, but I'll have to yeah, close things up. But yeah. go ahead, Kelly. Well, okay. So, can the government 
force the corporate board to love their neighbor as themselves, where the corporate board says, you know, we're going to give everybody a $10 an hour raise. Can the government do that? If, if, the, if we the people were truly honest with each other and understood that certain members of our society are being psychologically hoodwinked by Stockholm Syndrome, coerce, uh, you know, coercively persuaded, yes, we could, because 75 or their percent of Americans claim to have some form of values in Christianity. And if they truly understood that, then they would know that they cannot run roughshod over their fellow man and act as lord and master over them by using the government as a weapon to do it. Well, here's – here's I, we I don't believe – afford to give government. everybody that much money. That's – I mean, that, well, I mean, are we talking about socialism? Go ahead, deciding Colin. the governing of you. You own your intellectual property of you, and when you are denied the right to exercise your ownership rights, then you've been they've been stolen you. It's the sin of omission. Their sin of commission and their sin of omission. They're denying you the same privilege that they are getting because they get to exercise the self-governing rights because they're up there hoodwinking you into allowing them to be make you their legislative slave. They've just denied you your same rightful position, but they don't care because they're Luciferians and they love using you as their legislative slave because they got rid of physical slavery a long time ago. Well, when they got rid of physical slavery, they got rid of the headaches on the plantation because now they don't have to house people. They don't have to feed them. They don't have to have HR deal with all their family problems and stuff. They kick them to the curb, kick them out into society, and now they make them fend for themselves. And now I can just give you peanuts to work on my plantation, but you just come and go when you want to. And then I give you lip okay, service okay. to say you're free when I, I don't I, really I, give I, you freedom. Hold on, I'm go ahead, Kelly. Then I have to close things, and then I have to close things out. Because, I mean, we only okay, got a couple minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it went back. Hold on, we, go we ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. We only, got a, we only have a minute left, and, and then I got to close things we, out. We, we, should, we should devote an hour on this topic. Government cannot Certainly. force individuals to love their neighbor as themselves. Can't. So whatever people contract for their wages is fine. We just we had a groundbreaking ceremony at the homeless shelter last night. Exciting. We're going to start building. Okay. I have donated well over ten thousand dollars in engineering to get the plans stamped, approved, permit. There you go. Government can't force me to do this. My faith inspires me to do this. But Kelly, oh, so. the people, 100% of us is the government. In the context that you use the term government, that is not government. That is an oligarchy of ruling dictators. The city and then we'll have to, and, and, to and, and, and both guys, I mean, I wish we had to do this. <laughs> okay, guys. We gotta, I, I really wish we had, I really wish we had time. I really wish we had time to, to, to finish this, and you're right, Kelly and John. We, we, uh, believe me, I don't think an hour is enough, so <laughs> we'll definitely do this. Um, I'm working on getting some guests uh, next week uh, onto the show, actually talking about um, uh, the space program, uh, and I know that's one of some people's favorite topics, but I, you know it's mine. But anyway, but I went up then tonight as I do every night, and I really appreciate you guys uh, coming to the show, and of course, commentary, and hopefully we'll hear from everyone who we had on the show tonight and have it back to a subsequent week. But I do have to close uh, tonight. And it will with uh, every night from the song by Aubrey Ashburn. So everyone have a good night. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Okay. Thank you, Rob. Thank, Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate you.
ਵਾਰ ਪੰਜਾਬ ਚ ਨਾ ਆਏ